Well, it really is good to be here today, isn't it? It's good to be together, but it's, it's, it's good to be singing in worship and praise. And uh, I've been given 15 minutes, but uh, I've been here so long I can take liberties. <laughs> Let's just pray together. Lord, we thank you for today and uh, just coming Entering your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. And Lord, your spirit working among us, stirring within our hearts, even as we've been singing, as we've been listening, and Lord, exalting the name of Jesus. And I do pray that in this time, as we consider this word, that you would continue to do your work, Lord, building us up, encouraging us, leading us to places of greater heights in the worship and devotion and the praise that we bring to you. And so may these words this afternoon, Lord, the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable uh, in your sight. Amen. Well, I'm going to speak quite fast uh, to try and use my time well, but, but, but to begin with and, and say that it is common knowledge that people from every walk of life like to sing. And they do so in all sorts of circumstances. We often joke about people singing in the shower when they can't keep a tune. I'm one of those kind of people. Other people singing in their cars, singing in their homes, uh, going to huge uh, live concerts where people lead in music and, and people sing. But the question I want to ask uh, this afternoon, what is it, what is it that makes singing a priority for us as Christians? Why are we here today? Why are we singing? Well, I discovered in my preparation that there are at least 50 commands given us in the Bible instructing us to sing. So there's reason enough. I probably could sit down at this particular point. But, but, but continuing along those lines, I discovered that singing is mentioned more than 400 times in the Bible going from the beginning through to the end. And of course, I don't know how I'm supposed to speak uh, for 15 minutes with 50 commands and 400 uh, mentions. But, but, but my, my focus today, because of the limit of time, I'm going to look only at three verses from a particular psalm, and I'm hoping that that will give us some insight, some understanding into the basic and very important reasons why we sing. And I'm going to refer to Psalm 96, well-known psalm. It reads as follows. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all peoples. Now, I was really pleased to hear today that Jabu went through the different uh, nationalities or culture groups represented here today. It's an indication that we are a very diverse group of people. I was also glad that he mentioned that there were a number of churches gathered here today. And, and so there is no doubt in my mind that, that we people, we who are Christians, sing. You sing at your church, you sing together perhaps in, in your home group, and, and we sing along with Christian music in our car and watching uh, YouTube videos at home. But I want to ask you a question today. 
Have you intentionally given thought as to the reasons why you sing? Why give yourself to song, particularly focusing on Christian's song? In fact, I want to go a step further. Not only why do you sing, why should you sing? There's a difference. One is a choice, the other one is a command. Well, let's have a look, and I'm going to be presenting from this particular passage some theological vision, some reasoning, some compelling arguments why you ought to sing, why I ought to sing as a believer. Number one, singing is an act of worship. And I don't know if you've sensed that among us yet today. And as we look at this particular passage, the primary reason we sing is given in the second verse of this particular passage, it is to bless his name. Hallowed be your name, our Father. We want to honor him. We want to exalt him. And he gets down, and I didn't read verse 4, but, but he gives the reasoning. Why do we bless the name of God? Why ought we exalt the name of God? It is, verse 4, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. God is worthy of the honor and the praise and the exaltation that we bring. Theologian by the name of Don Carson, he's a New Testament uh, expert, uh, makes this comment. Worship is the proper response of all moral, and then he used the word I didn't know, I had to look it up, sentient beings. Sentient means people who feel things. In other words, that's you and me. We people feel things. So worship is the proper response of all moral people who feel things to God. We're responding to God, ascribing all honor and worth to their creator God precisely because he is worthy, delightfully so. Well, with 50 commands and at least 400 references to singing in the Bible, and also in view of who God is, everyone ought to get in and sing. I'll give you some examples. It's what we see in the Bible, and, and, and I, there are verses uh, repeated again and again. I'll just give you a sample. Psalm 7, verse 17. I will give to the Lord the thanks due His righteousness, and I will sing Praise to the Lord the Most High. Psalm 84 verse 2. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. And then there's the, the invitation. And I hope that we are doing this yet today, even to each other. Oh, come, Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Not only the book of Psalms. By the way, the Psalms are meant to be sung. But we read Jesus singing at the Lord's Supper. We see Paul encouraging the church repeatedly to sing. Just one example, Ephesians chapter 5, addressing one another. That's what we ought to do. How? In Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. 
And then even as we've uh, had scripture read to us this afternoon, glimpses into heaven. You are going to sing as a believer beyond this life in glory, in the presence of God forever and ever. Revelation 5.9, they sang a new song, uh, saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and, and to open its seals, for you were slain by your blood. You, were, you ransomed people from God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And then again in Revelation uh, chapter 15, uh, where they're singing over there, the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the Lamb, just great and amazing are your deeds, recognizing what God has done, who God is. He is worthy of praise. Just an aside. While singing is an act of worship, that all believers ought to be involved in, let us remember that singing is not the sum total of our worship. As we gather, all we do is worship. I don't know if you've heard somebody say after the service, how was the worship? Or the worship today was fraught. And, and normally we're referring to the singing, or maybe the preaching. <laughs> but, but in all... The, the truth is, it's all worship, our prayers, our preaching, our giving, when we meet around the Lord's table, when, when we sing, and even when we go from church, presenting our lives as living sacrifices uh, to God, which is our spiritual worship. Singing is an act of worship. God delights in the reality of his people singing. Number two, singing is, an, is a means of discipleship. In the second verse of this uh, psalm that we looked at, we're given some clarity regarding the content of what is to be sung, what the psalmist has in mind in that particular psalm. If you have a look at second verse, I'll read it to you. It says, tell of his salvation. The last song we sang, in fact, most of them today has been doing that. And, and the point is that our singing ought to have a specific type of content. It must have substance to it. In this particular psalm, salvation, the acts of God, uh, revealed and, and historically taken place in, in the work of Jesus. But elsewhere in the Bible, we see again content, content which is important, content that, that consists of, of describing who God is, uh, content uh, telling us that, 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 that we need to come to God, describing something of the reality of his being. And the point I think we need to understand, nowhere in the Bible do we see that singing is mere repetition or vain repetition with no substance. Our thinking has meaningful content and it influences our thinking. We learn from what we sing. And I'm going to say three things about that under this act of or the means of discipleship. What we sing shapes our minds. Uh, in a secular context, in fact, in the Scottish context, a man by the name of Andrew Fletcher made this comment. He says, let me make the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes the laws. Well, there was somebody else who came along by the name of R.W. Dale, and he took that principle and he restated it. And I've remembered this from years and years ago when I was told this, and he applied it to the church. 
And this is what he said. Let me write the hymns of the church, and I care not who writes the theology. You learn. I learn because what we sing repeatedly shapes what we believe. It teaches us. We learn. And so we need to sing. We must sing. But never forget the importance of what we sing. It influences our minds. It will influence our lives. And therefore the Apostle Paul saying in Colossians, let the word of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing, making, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness to God. But secondly, not only does it shape our thinking, but what we sing shapes and expresses our affections, our feelings. We people have brains, we have minds, but we also have hearts. We have thoughts, and we have feelings. And as we give ourselves to God in song, the heart and the mind must be engaged. There's a general principle I discovered just even in fact this past week stated, I think I believed it forever. In general, our hearts move toward the object we sing. You see, speaking has great value. There's no doubt about that. Expressing sentiment, it can be helpful. But a song, a song is far more powerful in the expression of feeling. Have you sensed that yet today? When, when you sing with gusto and, and heart and, and zeal. You see, it's, let, let me give you an example. It's a wonderful thing, I remember much of this, to have your spouse whisper in your ear, I love you. Isn't that liquor? It's nice. But there's much more going on when she clicks on Apple Music to play your special song by Elvis. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I can't help told you to stop the music. But do you get my point? Do you get my point? That's just generally speaking. That's, that's what people do. That's what we do. But now I want to take that a step further. I want, want to take that a, a step further, and I've lost my place. Isn't that terrible? Uh, think, think of a song that most believers know and get excited about, Handel's Messiah. Do you remember that song? And, and again, we can say those words. We can repeat those words. But when you sing it.
I think you get my point. You get my point, isn't it? We, we have feelings, and, and we, we think, and, and we learn, and, and so singing is an act of discipleship. It, it shapes our minds, but it helps us express our affections. We need to do that as we come to God in an act of worship. And then just thirdly, quickly, as, as this means of discipleship, uh, I want to point out where singing, or where we, where we sing, where we sing can make the difference. So the value of singing as a means of discipleship, I want to suggest to you today, can be anywhere and everywhere. And again, I, I go back to the psalm, a psalm that I've appreciated often and used it very often by yourself. You can sing to yourself. Psalm 42 is an example. The psalmist singing for encouragement. He's, he's in despair. He's, he's downhearted. And so in Psalm 42 verse 5, he's singing. I don't know how to do this, but he, why are you downcast, uh, um, O my soul? Why in turmoil within me? And then he sings back to himself, hope in God, for I shall again, again praise him, my salvation. Isn't that true? Singing to yourself. Just an example. A week or so ago, I think it was uh, Thursday night a week ago, I was feeling a bit blue, self-pity and sorry for myself. And, and my phone peeped. And I had a look and somebody in the church had forwarded a message to me. And the message was a link to a particular uh, discussion by Tim Chalice. And uh, it was also a link to a song that came as a result of this particular experience of this man. So what I did was I I went that evening and I watched the discussion, and it was great. It really was great. But then I listened to the song. It was a song by City Alight, one of the new songs, In the Valley, Bless the Lord. And you know what happens on YouTube? You click on one song and then it goes on to the next song. And, and I sat, and I think Jamie came home a little bit later, and she sat with me, and we listened. And you know what happened? I was encouraged. That's, that's what singing does. It, it, it lifts our soul. And of course, in the family, singing with your children, when they, I can't sing. But you know, my kids, when they were two and three and four, they didn't know what a tune was anyway. But ask them today, they'll remember some of the songs I sang to them when they went to bed. They'll remember those songs. In the church, I know many of the songs we learned at Sunday school as little children and as we learn songs throughout the years of our lives. Singing, folk, is a vital part of discipleship. And I've one more point. Uh, Singing, number three, is a declaration to the world. Uh, Verse three leaves us with this one final reason we ought to sing. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the people. And so when we sing, when we're singing yet today, when we sing out in, in the world, what are we doing? The glory of God is being declared to the world. How's the, how does that happen? In the truth that we sing. If our songs have biblical content, then as, as we sing, we are proclaiming God's truth to a world We are actively passing on gospel light into a world that is very dark. And then I think today the second reason is apparent before our eyes. The glory of God is being declared yet today in our display of unity. There's something unexpected taking place here today because there are people here from different cultures 
There are people here from different socioeconomic groups. There are people here from different churches. There are younger people, there are old people, and there are ancient people. And, 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 and what is it? We, we are united. We're united. We, we're not all just in a single club. Uh, we're in the Italian club. No, no. We, we, we are the people, and why is that the case? Why do people of such variety and diversity come together? What's happening? The world must look on and ask what's happening. I'll tell you what they'll say. There's something happened to these people. The gospel of Jesus Christ has impacted these people, whether they are poor people or rich people, whether they live in Watercliff or whether they live... It doesn't matter. God at work, God bringing people together, his, the, the, the message of the gospel, his life, his death, his resurrection, affecting our lives even as we gather here today. So my conclusion, we who believe in Jesus sing. That's what we do. And we do it as an act of worship. We do it as a means of discipleship. And we do it as a declaration to the world. So Isaac, brother, come up here, let us sing.